Hey y'all, we are going to continue on through the wilderness in Numbers chapter 19, where we have another sacrifice, which is the sacrifice of the red heifer, the purification of the water, and the purification and cleansing that would take place after coming in contact with death, which we know that Jesus beat the consequences of death and sin altogether on the cross, on our crosses. On chapter 19, verse 1, The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Here is another legal requirement commanded by the Lord. Tell the people of Israel to bring you a red heifer, a perfect animal that has no defects and has never been yoked to a plow. Give it to Eleazar the priest, and it will be taken outside the camp and slaughtered in his presence. So a female red heifer that has never been pregnant A red-colored animal is rare. It's extremely rare. And this has to be a perfect animal that has absolutely no defects, like Jesus, who had no defects and was completely innocent when he died on the cross. And the life is found in the blood, and only the blood of Jesus can save us. And these sacrifices that are laid out in the Old Testament, they all point us to Jesus and everything that he accomplished on the cross. Like when you read through all these sacrifices and the individuality of each and every one that's required for each and every little thing that is in our life, every every sin, every bad thing that's in our life requires something different. And Jesus took care of all of that on the cross when he died for our sins on the cross. And they take this sacrifice outside the camp and Jesus also was sacrificed outside of Jerusalem and all the other sacrifices are in the camp at the altar but this one is brought outside the camp which again points to Jesus in verse 4 Eleazar will take some of its blood on his finger and sprinkle it seven times toward the front of the tabernacle As Eleazar watches, the heifer must be burned, its hide, meat, blood, and dung completely. It has to be burned completely, and Jesus died completely. He was crushed by the weight of our sins on that cross, and he was crushed completely, and he obliterated our sin. There's nothing left, and this sacrifice also has to be burned completely, even its dung. In verse 6, Eleazar the priest must then take a stick of cedar a hyssop branch, and some scarlet yarn, and throw them into the fire where the heifer is burning. And the cedar represents the cross. Jesus died on a wooden cross, and the hyssop branch was offered. There was vinegar wine that was offered to Jesus when he was on the cross. And the hyssop branch represents cleansing, purification. And the scarlet yarn, a scarlet ribbon of yarn is, is woven throughout the Bible, and scarlet represents the blood of Jesus and the blood that he poured on the cross so that we would not have to suffer for our sins and for our horridness. In verse 7, Then the priest must wash his clothes and bathe himself in water after he may return to the camp, though he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. The man who burns the animal must also wash his clothes and bathe himself in water, and he too will remain unclean until evening. Then someone who is ceremonially clean will gather up the ashes of the heifer and deposit them in a purified place outside the camp. They will be kept there for the community of Israel to use in the water for the purification ceremony. 
This ceremony is performed for the removal of sin. And Jesus removed our sin when he died on the cross. The blood of Jesus cleanses us. In Hebrews 9.13 refers to the red heifer sacrifice, and it links it to Jesus and his cleansing power on the cross. And the water is purified by the ashes of Jesus and the Holy Spirit in the Word of God, the very Word of God that we're reading right now, it cleanses us and it purifies us and it cleans us from the inside out. And Jesus is in the Word. And the ashes are like the body of Christ and the sacrifice that He gave for us on the cross. In verse 10, the man who gathers up the ashes of the heifer must also wash his clothes, and he will remain ceremonially unclean until evening. This is a permanent law for the people of Israel and any foreigners who live among them. All of those who touch a dead human body will be ceremonially unclean for seven days, and they must purify themselves on the third and seventh days with the water of purification. Then they will be purified with the Holy Spirit and the Word. But if they do not do this on the third and seventh day, they will continue to be unclean even after the seventh day. All those who touch a dead body and do not purify themselves in the proper way will defile the Lord's tabernacle and they will be cut off from the community of Israel. Since the water of purification was not sprinkled on them, their defilement continues. If we don't let Jesus cleanse us, we have no part with him. We are not a part of God's community if we don't accept his gift of salvation that he died on the cross to give us. If we don't cleanse ourselves with his blood and, and submit to his sacrificial giving, if we don't put down ourselves in our lives and take up the cross of Jesus, we have no part to be with him. The water cleanses us, the Holy Spirit, the word of God, it cleanses us from the inside out. It, 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 Jesus died on the cross and saved our, our souls, but the Holy Spirit and the Bible, it saves our minds. Um, and if you're unclean and defiled, you can't be near God because only holiness can be made can be near God. And, and God made a way for all of us to be clean again by sending his son Jesus to the earth for us. In verse 14, this is the ritual law that applies when someone dies inside a tent. All those who enter that tent and those who were inside when the death occurred will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Any open container in the tent that was not covered with a lid is also defiled. And if someone in an open field touches the corpse of someone who was killed with a sword or who died a natural death, or if someone touches a human bone or a grave, that person will be defiled for seven days. To remove the defilement, put some of the ashes from the burnt purification offering in a jar and pour fresh water over them. Then someone who is ceremonially clean must take a hyssop branch and dip it into the water. That person must sprinkle the water on the tent and all the furnishings in the tent and on the people who were in the tent, also on the person who touched a human bone or touched someone who was killed or died naturally or touched a grave. On the third and seventh day, the person who is ceremonially clean must sprinkle the water on those who were defiled. Then on the seventh day, the people being cleansed must wash their clothes and bathe themselves. And that evening, they will be cleansed of their defilement. But those who become defiled and do not purify themselves will be cut off from the community 
for they have defiled the sanctuary of the Lord. Since the water of purification has not been sprinkled on them, they remain defiled. This is a permanent law for the people, and those who sprinkle the water of purification must afterward wash their clothes. And anyone who then touches the water used for purification will remain defiled until evening. Anything and anyone that a defiled person touches will be, will be ceremonially unclean until evening. So this entire chapter points to Jesus and his cleansing power and what he did on the cross and his holiness and pure innocence that was ripped apart and crushed for us, for our sins and for our defilement. And he did that willingly. He signed off on it. He agreed to it. No one would have been able to crucify or arrest Jesus without him having his sign of approval on the action. He agreed to it. He prayed and he asked God if there was any other way to save us, but there wasn't. So he said, all right, your will be done. He laid down any other will and he submitted to the will of God. And that is an example that we are to follow. Like anything that is selfishly held on to in our lives needs to be laid down to the will of God. There's nothing else in this world worth anything compared to God and everything that he did for us on the cross. And Everything that he has planned for us in our lives, it's so much better than we could imagine on our own. We can trust him. He is indeed a good, good father. We will continue on this journey tomorrow. I hope you all are having a most wonderful day.